0: So you edit yourself then, I'm assuming. Uh, I do.
1: Yeah, this is fucking weird. I don't want to <laughs> do. All good. All good. You can leave it here. We're not doing the headphones. Not today. He tried. He said, wow, you look like a professional. And I said, no. Uh, uh, yeah. So you asked me, do I edit yeah. my own? Uh, you asked me, do I edit my own clips? Most of the time, I love editing. I feel like a lot of comedy comes straight from the editing floor. You, If you don't cut the clip and you don't do a jump cut right there you don't time the music just right it feels like it just doesn't slap as hard yeah so i do like editing myself but i'm finding the more content i put out and i've been on like a month and a half streak so far every day putting stuff out i i need to hire somebody yeah <laughs> dude
0: it, it it gets a lot it's a lot <laughs> it gets a, a lot a lot man especially like doing this podcast and stuff like that this long form you know what i mean yeah. the longest yeah, yeah, part yeah. is just going in there and just key framing all the audio yeah yeah, and yeah, then yeah. The, the clips part I'm I'm so used to Premiere that's what I edit on mm-hmm. and it's I've gotten used to it now to where it's just like before when I started this dude my first episode took me two three days to finish oh, man. and now it takes me about six to eight hours okay not bad not, not bad.
1: bad yeah I don't know a, a Premiere's gotta be great for long form content I love CapCut I'm sure people told you about CapCut or you've right. seen it for the short form stuff just makes they make it so easy they do yeah they, they really they do know. so you use, fan.
0: you use CapCut do you like the freedom that it gives you
1: it's to me, for comedy sketches and stand-up in general, they make it really easy. They get that you're editing for TikTok. It seems to be designed straight for the social media platform. So before, if I was editing on Premiere, I'd have to find and then copy yeah, in a bunch of sound effects and stuff right. like that. The perf- I have to search it up on YouTube, download it, all, all these yeah. different types of stuff where in capcut they have it all for you.
0: Absolutely. They have it all for you so it makes it really easy. Yeah, I use capcut just for the captions in my in the shorts. Yeah. yeah. And they're
1: in capcut it's unrivaled for adobe premiere. Just like it it capcut's captions right now or their interface how they're doing it, it's way better. Way better, dude. So. And
0: the AI stuff too is just yeah. insane, dude. Yeah. It, it yeah, saves yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah, much yeah. time. Yeah. I, that's what I was doing with uh, the original clips when I first started. I was taking my time to type everything out. Mm-hmm. And I was like that was taking me the longest, like literally 8 hours. To just do like two or three clips,
1: can't do it, man. No, <laughs> you can't do it. Can't. CapCut's cool. They animate the text very easily for you and stuff like that. They do my one of my favorite features on CapCut is the mask cutout. So if you have a person that's standing behind a neutral background, you hit one button, wait about ten seconds, and it just cuts them out, and you can overlay that over. It's so great for sketch editing. No, no so, kidding. Okay. Yeah, bro. It's you know how before you'd have to trace it with your cursor right. and stuff yeah, like that. Dude, CapCut has a, it's I, it's AI auto whatever you want to call it, and it cuts it out completely.
0: I didn't know CapCut did that. I was doing yeah, everything on Canva, like all the stuff. That I like Canva
1: to... as well, but bro, CapCut. Okay, I'm telling you, and it's not perfect. Sometimes it's not yeah, awesome, of but for the most part, especially if you're smart enough when you're recording to do like a green screen. I did a sketch with my uh-huh. friend D'Angelo where we were doing newscasts, like uh, we, were, we were newscasters and we just stood against a white wall and it was perfect. Dude that's amazing. It just, yeah, it was perfect. It was perfect. That's Highly amazing. recommend. Do you uh this so video is sponsored by Capcom.
0: I was just <laughs> gonna say. <laughs> yeah. So you you've been editing before did you start editing before you got into comedy?
1: Yeah, well, I was scared of doing stand up for a very long time. Mm. I did sketches for a while. It was an easy Kind of jump in from school projects when they give you kind of free reign. I don't know why in English class we were recording so many videos. It doesn't make much sense to me, but that's how it was. At the very no least, way. we're gonna be doing a bunch of video projects apparently. So, what? yeah, I don't know how your English class was. Mine, we didn't read very many books, but we edited a lot of videos. I did at least. So, when did you graduate? I graduated high school in twenty nineteen.
0: Yep, 12 years after me
1: 12 years after you bro 12 years after That's you That's wild man Yeah they, Damn, they you're got young digital they got digital after you they Yeah got digital dude, after you left My I, I always say you that filthy millennials
0: <laughs> I always say dude that like, that cutoff 2007 to the 2008 was a game changer because that summer was when the first iPhone came out Yeah and yeah, a- yeah, after yeah. that dude it was it literally was just like a blur
1: The world would never be the same
0: Literally yeah. literally never the same So yeah. you going back you you were doing sketches
1: yeah, like I, I took the opportunity in English class to make it funny because you didn't have to. You could have just made a basic video editing. You know, you could have made a basic video, but I was, I was looking for punchlines, putting stuff to music and, and stuff, stuff like that on on Windows Movie Maker. You remember that uh, yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, I do. The OG, the OG video editing software. Yeah, and then. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I was on Windows Movie Maker for way too long. Yeah, yeah,
0: I was I I did Final Cut. That was my thing.
1: Never used Final Cut. Was in yeah. DaVinci Resolve for a minute. Used oh, Adobe wow. Premiere and now CapCut. Look at you, Cap-Cut's man. CapCut's my favorite. You
0: are a little. You are an editor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good for you. Yeah, I like it. It's fun. And you said that it translated to the comedy, like the editing part? Kind yeah,
1: because you're the director basically. I don't know how movies... I've only been in a couple short films in one movie, so I, I've never sat with a director on the editing room floor, but I'm assuming if you're a director, you got to be looking over the shoulder or... or proofing every single piece that comes through because that's such a critical part of a finished digital product absolutely the editing. yeah I, I
0: found that's how i got into film uh that's my background uh, i i started editing and then i later went into writing and directing but yeah all my short films i ended up at least doing the first cut mm-hmm. and then i got lucky i got an editor who did blackish uh mm. he did uh, insecure, he did a whole bunch of TV shows, cool. and so he knew his shit. Yeah, he was great he li- at what li- he did. Yeah, and I already had gave him like the first cut, so it was literally to him just polishing it up.
1: Yeah, you know yeah. I, mean? I I have worked with. It seems like the editors I, I've had, they just need instruction, good instruction, and once that happens, you kind of send them loose, and they're they're great. At good they, editors, they, they, yeah, they, yeah. Good editors, yeah, exactly. For sure, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah, how yeah. long you been doing comedy? uh stand up officially since july of 2022 so at the taping of this uh, uh you're in some change no kidding you're in some change you already right. got up
0: at the comedy store too huh a
1: couple of times a yeah. couple times <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm uh, scheduled there. uh plug i'm scheduled there at the end of this uh of october excuse me so october 28th or 27th i should know that but yeah yeah couple no of, couple kidding of times. yeah wow. super grateful uh, super grateful to to Vargas for putting me up. He's the producer of the D's Nut Show, the Friday show okay. we have there. So, yeah. right,
0: nice, dude. Well, how was your? Uh, how did you get
1: your first time up there? Like, what was that like? Really good networking. Uh really good networking. Just honest. I mean, I I'm good at what I do. I, I right. really I you pride are. myself. Thank you. you. I've um, only seen I, you once, but dude, you're a killer. <laughs> thanks, man. I I appreciate it. But I really try to make excellent comedy. I, I try. I'm not perfect. Everything's a work in progress. But I, I do my best. But anyway. Yeah. Networking is what led me. Networking is what led me there because you don't just happen upon that. There's a lot of paths. It seemed like, and seems like to the, the comedy store. Do you have an interest in, in getting like on the improv laugh factory comedy store? Do you have a preference? Cause those are the three big clubs. Yeah. So I think really um, and ice house is big as well, but the, the ones that people most know improv laugh factory comedy yeah. store, What what's your preference?
0: Um, any of them, to be honest with you, as yeah. of right now though, like I'm not that good, so I'm like kind of just Fair. sitting back. You know what I mean? Fair. I'm just trying to get that this craft better. Yeah. Um, but I go out to the store and hang out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah, go to yeah, the store yeah. at least maybe twice a week to just yeah. kind of hang out with the comedians. You know, get yeah. to know the door guys and stuff like For that. Sure. And it's been awesome, dude.
1: Yeah, they're they're yeah 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 yeah. yeah. I've met some of the door guys. As well, nice nice guys. Is there um, a difference between the three? Yeah, it just depends. I think that the. The comedy store is the OG, everybody knows it, been talked on Joe Rogan a bunch of times club, right? Uh, Laugh Factory is... I don't know much about the Laugh Factory. I've seen one or two shows there. Uh, The Improv seems like you can kind of network your way there. The comedy store, though, you asked me how I I did that. Just networking, because there's a couple paths to the comedy store. If you just Google... Comedy store auditions or Laugh Factory auditions or improv auditions, you can generally find where it is. Now, it might be a very difficult process where you have to, I think for the comedy store, if I'm remembering correctly, the audition process is every day, uh, excuse me, every week, I think it might be Friday, from a set period of time, you send in a bunch of emails. You send in, your. excuse me, you send in an email, they receive a bunch of emails, and then they pick through and choose 20 of the emails that they get. To go up and have the chance to audition at the comedy store, wow. and they'll choose that for the next week on like their Tuesday audition, and wow. then the, I believe the goal—I've never done that—I believe the goal in doing that is to hopefully become one of the door guys mm. or, or become a comedy store regular is the dream for a lot of people. They have a lot of people don't know this about the industry. I didn't really know it till I started talking around. They have outside producers, so not I've necessarily that, yeah. an in-house producer. But someone who's had uh, Vargas, who I've mentioned, has had a show there for, for many, many years. So uh, I did, uh, I kind of worked my way through some shows. I, I did uh, a lot of, I made friends with a lot of people during open mics. So I made, you know, trade Instagrams, that whole right, thing. Right, right. Uh, you know, went out and supported a lot of people at different shows. I see. And eventually, I got on one show. I was invited to come on one show, and that was the audition show for the audition for the Comedy Store, if that makes sense. No kidding. So if you get on X show, you then get the opportunity, if if Vargas happens to be coming through there to see you, or the producer of the first show talks you up to him, then he'll put you on to audition for his Comedy Store Wow, show. dude. Yep. That's yep, a yep, crazy yep. process. And there's no... What's wild is, because there's no straight line there's yeah. no one two three easy step right for you know for all i know that the what i just spoke about could have changed you know so true it, but it's, it's different it's yeah it's
0: interesting to see because 20 people in now it everyone has their own path every single person all 20 yes. yeah it's insane yeah you know what i mean and we're all kind of on the same boat right now. well not we but you guys are all in the same boat right now where you guys are starting to get spots at the comedy store yeah. the improv you know what i mean like yeah. bigger shows i haven't is-
1: performed at the improv or the laugh factory yet i've uh, been fortunate enough i've performed at the ice house once i want to say i'm performing there again at the beginning of october Dude, i good for love you. that club thank you thank you You're i really appreciate that Justin. Right thanks man. man but the man have you been up to the ice house I have no, Bro. no. They did a three-year renovation on this place. It is three years. The, yeah, it is during COVID. It is oh. the one of the most premier upscale comedy clubs in in the country. It's, it's be, even the furniture is nice. Like no it's, kidding, a, it's a man. nice place. And dude, the staff is really cool too. Where's this at? i up in Pasadena. Okay, Pasadena.
0: I've never. I've started to hear about it, but I didn't know it was like this. Yeah,
1: it's great. My my uh, friend D'Angelo, uh, who I mentioned before, I don't. You haven't met D'Angelo yet. Have I don't you? think so. No. Yeah, he had a show there last. I want to say it was Saturday, so I was up there. It was uh, Brendan Schaub's show. Brendan oh, okay. Schaub, Daryl yeah, yeah. Hammond. It was right. the Jimmy Shen, the Shen Dig show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. But yeah, uh, check out the Ice House when you yeah. can. It's sick. <laughs> it's very sick.
0: Well, like I said, I've only seen you perform once on the mic, so I don't know a lot about you, dude. Tell me a little bit about your like, obviously with the editing and stuff like. But, but before that, where are you from?
1: I'm from Indiana.
0: Indiana. Originally. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Long, long, long way away. Uh, about a 31 hour drive for from LA. Yeah. <laughs> uh from indiana originally uh no not there anymore it's a bit too cold out there for for me which is one of the many reasons i i like la but yeah i've been out in la for about four years been out in la for about four years uh i think i can now say that i live here <laughs> right yeah i, I don't know how, how long have you been here
0: i've been here almost coming up on seven years
1: oh shit yeah so you definitely live here yeah you like, i definitely you double am. live here yeah uh <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, you're here for a year or two, a lot of people pack it up and go. Exactly. Go back. So, yeah. Not me. Um, so yeah, you
0: moved here literally right before the pandemic then, yeah, dude. perfect timing. Right? Would did you Crystal move out here for?
1: clear, like the best possible timing I could have had. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I moved out here originally to pursue acting because that's what I studied in college. Got I it. I went to school. I have a theater degree. I, t- I studied for like four years acting particularly but i always wanted to do stand-up i was just scared of it for a really long time so it is yeah. a scary thing dude. it's it's terrifying that it's public terrifying. speaking just yeah dude i wanted to be i don't know how you were doing i'm just gonna leave my arm like this for do the rest thing, of the dude. podcast yeah, do your thing. just uh, eventually i'm gonna do like a time lapse and i'm gonna end up like the exorcist like down on the <laughs> fucking like who's the exorcist or what the ring i don't remember anyway and anyway, i'm not i'm not saying anything that makes sense so what was I talking about? Stand-up. I, I always wanted to do stand-up, man. And I, um, I always wanted it to be that... I watched too many movies, I think, and I always wanted to be that guy that could just walk up on stage and just fucking improvise the whole thing. And yeah. everyone was like, this guy's a genius. <sighs> Where... Wow. Wow, I wanted that and then it didn't happen because that's not how life works. Right. Right. Maybe for some people there's I thought the same thing, dude. really? Really? Yeah, really? I thought, the yeah, same thing, you dude. thought this? Yeah. yeah I bom- yeah, I totally
0: bombed like my first open mic like half I was had this whole bit planned out. Fucking yeah. did it halfway through. I was a little drunk, but okay. I was just like holy fucking shit, dude, I am fucking bombed." And I was like it was funny because I was like talking it out loud to the audience. I was like oh my god, I'm fucking bombing. Holy shit.
1: Did that get any laughs? Saying those A little words? bit and then yeah. dude, and
0: then I just once I heard the laughs, because I was like in in the first minute and a half, it was a three minute mic. But mm. the, once I heard those laughs, I just changed. I just I just became kind of like more my myself. Yeah, and, and then did it work? Dude, it was amazing. Awesome. I didn't feel it at the time, right? Yeah. Because you you know you're bombing the first minute. And you're yeah. just like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, and then. Thank God my dad recorded it because if he didn't record it, I don't think I would have kept doing comedy. The crazy thing is that a whole bunch of comedians. Give grace for dad. That's exactly. good,
1: great. Yeah, gratitude for dad. That's cool.
0: Yeah, but like my girlfriend, a whole bunch of comedians that were experienced came up to me and were just like, dude, you have to keep doing this. And I was like, do I really? Like, you guys <laughs> didn't. Did you, did we just see the same show? <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, so, but yeah, dude, that, that was just an out of body experience, to be honest with you, that first open mic.
1: Yeah, well. it's funny, man. I've done uh, a lot of live theater shows and stuff. I've been up in front of audiences in in different contexts. But I remember one of those early open mics, and this is years ago. This is before I say I officially kind of started doing comedy. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing I remember is getting up at uh, some bar in downtown LA, and I think the mic is gone now because of COVID, but just the lights were so bright. I was like,
0: uh, you can't see anybody
1: uh, yeah 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 but it's just i i just felt like an out-of-body experience so, yeah. so
0: that's interesting that happened to you especially with your background in theater yeah you know what i mean how did that help did theater help you at all i mean i'm sure it, it has, has late now yeah exactly <laughs> like the first it couple has ones. after
1: i got balls and said hey let's actually try yeah you know but yeah yeah it's definitely helped there's I think anybody who's done any sort of live performance at all whether that is what I did which is live theater and musicals that's what I studied mm-hmm. for a very long time so I did in high school middle school with choir and stuff like that community theater uh, I, that was my path, but I think even if you're a musician and you have a band and you're up on stage and maybe you're the singer and you're talking to the audience, or you're the guitarist and you have the solo, and you're you're, there's something about that exchange with the audience, and there's some critical lessons I think you learn through that, which are absolutely applicable to stand up.
0: Yeah. What would be one of those lessons?
1: Yeah, the biggest one I think is the audience has got to be with you. Mm. Do you know what I mean when yeah. I say that? Yeah. Anybody who's watching this who has done this knows what we're saying. It, but if you have not done live performance, it's very hard to understand what that means. Mm. you got to pace your audience. Keep going, like, sorry, brother. I'm you're good, I'm... you're good, you're good, you're good. Are we good okay, recording? Yeah, we're good. Okay.
0: I just get fucking in my
1: head, but go ahead. No, 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 no. Well, I always think that too when I go to record myself before I, I do open mic and I always like, did I fucking? Yeah. Okay, I did. <laughs> cool. You always check it. But yeah, is the audience with you is, is the point? And... If the audience isn't with you on the premise of your joke, unless you're really good and win them over part of the way through, I find that a lot of comedians who are starting out, myself included, one of the best lessons I ever heard was, you got to make sure they understand and are not confused by your premise when you start the joke. If, right. they, if they're if they confused, they're not with you. They're not going to go with you to the punchline. Right. They have to be with you. I find the rooms where everybody's very friendly with each other are the rooms that are the good audiences. And if you can find some way to quickly establish that and get on a friendly basis, I find, with your audience, then you you, you win. Because then everybody's like, okay, we're in on it. We're, mm-hmm. we're going on the train right. with, with this guy, as opposed to you just lose your audience part of the way through, and then you never go back. I think that's why that line, oh, I'm bombing right now, works because that's something everybody in the room agrees on. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're coming back to it's it's you lost them and then you get them back again cuz now you're starting at the same place. Oh shit. I think that's my best guess Damn. I've only been doing this for a year yeah. but that is my best guess. So
0: let's so let's say because we're talking about how the lights are on your face and you can't see the audience yeah, how dude. do you gauge that then how do you gauge if the audience is listening or they're even interested especially if like your setup is kind of long and you know that right because mm-hmm. like, I, I that's it happened to, it's happened to me a lot where my setup's a little too long and I don't have anything punchy but I can't gauge if they're interested in what I'm saying or not how do you mm-hmm. do that
1: I think you have to hear them. I I, some people have this idea about stand-up where it's an art exhibition and I don't even mean that necessarily negative, but it's like they think it's a museum. Where you go in, you observe the thing, you shut up, and you listen, you laugh when it's appropriate, and the comedian gets off the stage and they leave. That's a very formal idea, uh, way of doing stand-up. I've done stand-up that way. I know comedians who are very successful doing that way, but just call it the museum model. Like, mm. you go up on stage, I perform, I don't want to hear anything out of the audience, I want them to just sit there, shut up, don't be on their phones, don't talk to each other, laugh when they're supposed to, and I I leave. Other comedians, like crowd work comedians, mm. like having that exchange where they directly involve the audience right. in the show. So, I think you, if that is the thing you're struggling with, my best guess is you got to involve them some way. You got to get a verbal confirmation. Like mm. you can even ask them, and it's a bit of a risk. Uh, one of the, the jokes I have about conspiracy theories, I'll say, I love conspiracies. Anybody else? I love them. And, and then yeah, you love them, but you hope the audience does too. You're hoping you hear like a, yeah 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 or something. You're hoping you're some sort of verbal confirmation from the audience, and then for me at least that goes okay. They're with me. At least a couple of people are with me, and even if other people aren't, they hear that other people are, and I think it makes them think, oh yeah, this is a thing.
0: No kidding. Okay, you so, gotta I, you gotta throw something out there then. Yeah. As opposed to going straight into your material with I, no setup or like with a long. I setup.
1: like hearing the audience, and not in a um, I'm gonna talk over here to my fucking friends about whatever happened during the like when they're not involved not paying attention and they're taught having some bullshit drunk conversation Mm -hmm. or otherwise that's not cool right but when it's a like dude i'll talk about on stage i i did a show last thursday And it was a black room. It was a completely black audience. And I have some pretty risque material sometimes, particularly politically sometimes. And one of my jokes, which is all over my Instagram, is I just came out to my—because I was raised by lesbians. I was raised by Mm -hmm. gay parents. I just came out as a Republican to my gay parents. And that's a good joke. (laughs) That generally gets a good laugh around. But it's funny because I had a couple people in the front row who were like, get out of here. Go on. But not in a negative way. Ah. They weren't mean. It wasn't maliciously intended. They were laughing, and they were like, "Get out of here!" So
0: they're basically playing around with you.
1: Yeah, and I like that. Yeah, I like when people are involved. I'm here for the audience. You know, I like they're they're important. So even if it's like I've had people boo me on that, but never someone so far. (laughs) Never someone so far booing mean like booing like a this fuck get this at like who's angry Mm -hmm. but as a like a playful kind of like boo this got this guy and then i can play with that because now that's a toy that has been said in the room so you can do something with with that i like that so that's how i kind of gauge the the room so i think you state your premise you look around you see if anybody's made any noise that kind of agrees with you Mm. or anything like that and then you you move from there that's kind of what's in my again limited experience that's what's worked for me it seems like so far okay yeah
0: let me see the thing again because my girl just facetimed me i want to see hell yeah okay no Um, dude i'll pick it up um, what's
1: up this is jesse's assistant (laughs) This is Jesse's assistant. He's unavailable yeah. right now.
0: Um, so you were talking. So I saw I like this. this wall. Thank you, dude. My girlfriend, she is a production designer. So
1: fuck. Can, can I FaceTime her and tell her how sick this wall is? Let's do it, dude. <laughs> after
0: the pod, we'll fucking do it.
1: Like your wall is awesome. It's like it's a fucking wall, yeah, wallpaper. It's made out of the lizard people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? We've skinned the lizard people and made them into. That's my goal. Blowing up in stand up is I want to skin the lizard people who run the world and then have their skin on my wall. <laughs> That's what I want. Anyway,
0: um, I just went to a show where exactly what you're talking about, where the audience was, was kind of like clickish. You know mm. what I mean? Like they were half of them weren't paying attention. Yes. The other half were. What What is your um suggestion to kind of get the room on your side? Because in, in my opinion, and again, only one show three months in. Yeah, I would just go to crowd work. It's like what you said, right? Like, especially those
1: dudes talking. I haven't. It's weird, man. So I'm going to probably I'm this is probably not the last time I'm in a kneecap myself before I'm about to say what I say. But I, I don't I have a lot of fun. So I don't want people to think I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm still very, very new. I'm learning shit every single day. So I'm right. just going to tell you what my experience. Of is. Of course. Being, okay? Yeah. So when you have people that aren't listening to you, that's t- to me when you're going to start bombing. If, if you't if you don't do something about it, mm. If you sense that from your audience where half of them aren't there, half of them are la da 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 da, it, that, that is a, uh, that is a formula for disaster, right? If you react to it, I kind of had that at the show I mentioned last Thursday. Really the only it was a smaller room and the front row was really only paying attention. So what I did was I really just kind of performed to them. Now, there were no mm-hmm. lights in my face, so I can kind of make eye contact with them. There was a couple who was right here, and there was a couple who was over here. So I was kind of doing a lot of that, where I'm going back and forth to the people who, that are in, involved. Um, but I find the best thing to do when you go up, and I think this goes directly against what Bill Hicks said. I think one of Bill Hicks' stand-up, classic stand-up rules was never ask the audience how they're doing. I, th- I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, I always ask because I want to hear I want to hear if they're with me or not already. Oh. Off the jump, you can tell if a room is. I think I, I am qualified to say this because doing live theater, what you can tell if the room is is lively, mm-hmm. and I've done that for a long time. So you ask them, you know, how's everybody doing tonight? Oh come on, how's everybody? You can do that. You can mm-hmm. go back and do it. You can be. You can. I've heard it at open mics. One of the best lines. This room feels like the DMV. And then the room will kind of laugh, and now they're. I with think we're you. at the same mic. Yeah, but that's a. a yes, but oh, that is also a common thing got that people it. say. Got it. I like the line, this, wow, this room has a lot of principal's office energy right now. <laughs> and then that usually gets. The point is, it gets the audience that what happened, and then they're at least looking at you. Um, I like saying how are we doing tonight just because it gives me a chance to hear i don't think i'm advanced enough to n- skip that step yet mm. uh but yeah, how, how are we doing tonight and i've had it my first comedy store show they it, it was a really great audience a lot of my friends were there so that obviously helps but p- even past the people that i brought the whole room it's like 120 seater in the original wow. room wow and uh i i didn't bring all those people so even with my friends I, the room was really hyped the room is yeah. really hyped, and as a result of it, it went, it went really well. But yeah, you, you ask them. You ask, how how are you guys doing? And then they tell you, and then you figure it out.
0: Okay. Um, you were saying you were an actor before you started comedy, and to mm-hmm. be honest with you, um, when I hear that from people, you can I can tell that they were actors before stand-up. <laughs> I can 100% tell.
1: Hold on. Are you saying the advice I just gave, or when you go to hear open micers, who mm-hmm. were actors before they, which which one are you saying? That one, the second the one. Second the second one, ladder, yeah, because yeah, they're giving a monologue. Dude. Exactly, so yeah. that's
0: what I want to get to. You fucking didn't do that. So you telling me <laughs> that you're an actor today b- kind of blows my mind because, again, like I said, every single actor I've met, you can tell when they're on stage. You know, but-
1: I, I can do the acting thing, man. I've done it a lot. Um,
0: Are you acting like a stand-up then? No. No.
1: (laughs) This guy. This guy with his wall. Look at this guy. Yeah, Ah, I'm such a good goddamn actor. That's it, dude? (laughs) You're just a great stand-up. No. Uh, I've done the acting thing. I'm good at it. Not as good. I think I'm a better stand-up comedian than I am an actor now. Mm -hmm. I was not that way when I started stand-up. But the actors don't know how to not act. That's the problem. Exactly. They think it's uh, there's different performance mediums. You can do slam poetry, and it's different than stand up, which is different than delivering a monologue, which is different than stage acting, which is different than film acting. You have a lot. It's different than sketch. I didn't you even know? realize that. Yeah, you have. You have. Uh, I like. I took a fucking mime class. Like I like learning about different things. I like learning about different methods of of performing, and so. Yeah, there's a lot of it's just they don't know what they're doing yet. They just got to do a couple of open mics and then kind of work it out and then realize, "Oh wait, I'm not there's not some performative, it's hard to describe. There's not some thing that I'm with stand up you're you're doing stand up, you're kind of being yourself, and I find when you're acting, you're doing a thing.
0: Ah, uh, does that make I, sense? Yes, 100%. I'm doing
1: a thing. I'm an actor as opposed to, so guys, yes, the other day I was in AutoZone. I'm just me in one, I'm the actor in the other. And even there, like, my chest comes out and I kind of stand with good posture because you want to perform for right. the room. Right? So
0: for the actors listening to this, how do you differentiate or how do you mentally separate the actor from the stand-up comedian?
1: I watched a lot of stand-up comedians my whole entire childhood and adolescence, so I had a pretty good heartbeat on even if I don't uh, get it right, I know this is kind of what it's probably supposed to sound like. Mm. So I think you got to really be a fan of comedy, and you have to give comedy a shot in that you watch a lot of stand-up specials, YouTube clips, and then go see live performances because that at least gives you a goal to shoot for past that you have to be willing uh, for people to not like you
0: which is hard for an actor it's
1: hard for an actor man it's hard for a lot of stand-ups too but stand-ups are willing to risk it yeah way more than actors are because actors it's not even really about in my experience it's not even necessarily about you it's more so about how well can you be this character which is a different thing no in in, in acting acting. Okay, okay in acting it's there's this character. What's this character like? Who is he? In, in my case, who is he? What's, what's he into? What's, what's his motivation? Is the standard. Yeah. What's yeah. my motivation? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Jesse, what's my motivation for this podcast? Just be yourself, brother. Be myself. All right, man. I'll be myself. <laughs> you have that, that you ask for the, the actors, and you figure out how to be that, and you aim for that. And then if you hit it, then it's really, really good and cool. I did my job. But I didn't necessarily walk out and say, Yeah, so I'm having these problems with my girlfriend to the audience. You know, I didn't say, Oh, yeah, guys, I was, this is how I grew up. Isn't this wild? I grew up with lesbian parents in Indiana. Isn't this crazy? Which is really how I grew up. Right. So you're, there's a vulnerability. It's a I don't know, there's probably some vulnerability with with acting. I, I think that's that's fair. All these actors right now are watching this who are crucifying me. Like, you don't know what I had to do. <laughs> I locked myself in a room for seven days, and I figured out how can I be an old man and talk like this. They did this, that's what the actors are saying. And that's true. The acting is hard. Yes. Acting is hard. It's 100%. not I'm not I don't mean to shit on acting by any means at all. But I find that stand up without question is the hardest performance type I've ever done. No kidding. Without question. It's the most difficult cuz you ain't got a script up there. It is you. It's you. You are the director, <laughs> you are yeah. the actor, mm-hmm. you are the script writer. You're every, but you're the sound guy. If the microphone isn't working, you're yeah. everybody when you do stand up. Whereas when you're an actor, mm-hmm. you got one job: get up there, show up on time, memorize your lines, be Damn. that character the best that you can, and then you're you're done. Then go go home. Let the director, the editors, the sound, let them all take care of it because you have done your job. or stand up, I I really do feel like you're doing it all. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a lot that I just said. No, there, not Jesse. at all, dude. Not okay. at all.
0: Um, a lot of actors aren't really great writers. Yeah. You, in my opinion, again, only one, but seems like you can write.
1: You're a a good, trusted character there, Jesse. (laughs) You're a good, trusted character. Thanks for having me on the podcast, by the way. Of course, dude. Much, much appreciated. Of course. I Uh, like it. The clips I've seen online are are really good, man. Keep it up. Thank
0: you so much, man. It's been kind of crazy this past week, dude. Like, I've been... Getting recognized by other comedians, yeah, they're like, dude, like I've seen you before. I'm like, no, I don't think we've met. And he goes, yeah. no, 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 you do a podcast, right? I'm like, yeah. And yeah. they're like, dude, it's it's one of the wildest things, bro. Yeah, it really is wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, what? Why? Why do you think you're such a good writer in separation to most actors who can only remember lines?
1: I wasn't at the beginning, um, at all. I I had to learn. I I've always naturally. Here's what I will say for me. I've always been a good storyteller. That was a big value I guess you could say in my family I, I come from a, a good line of re- really good storytellers so from mm. a very young age I understood it's probably important to not only be able to tell good stories but have lived a life that gives you material for those stories you gotta be a good storyteller so I always I always love just telling stories and what I had to do for stand-up was figure out how not to tell stories and how to tell jokes because they're two different things mm-hmm. you can make a you can Blend in a bunch of jokes with a story, which is good. Like, like uh, easy one, I think most people know about is Burt Kreischer machine, like the Burt Kreischer machine bit. Mm-hmm. That's a story for sure, right? But it's really well structured and it has laughs every. You know, what's the standard in the industry? They say to twelve seconds, seconds. Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's crazy. There's, good. there's, and he, and yeah, but he's lived a life that gives you that, right? So for right. me, you said I'm a good writer. Um, yeah, I just I had to try. <laughs> I had to actually figure. Okay. Let's try to actually, okay, I got a laugh here as opposed to not getting a laugh here. Why am I going this long without, oh, it's because I'm trying to tell a story or I'm setting up for a punchline as right. opposed to just getting laughs along the way. You, For me, it was trial and error, I guess, in, uh-huh. in uh, open mic nights. But again, I almost autistically so listened to so much stand up and comedy growing up. I think my ear picked it up pretty quick like oh this is what this is like the to cadence sound. and everything yeah, yeah. cadence how carlin george carlin always mm, talks yeah, about yeah. the cadence like mm-hmm. how how he does with it yeah those sorts of things
0: um i guess so you're writing when you kind of maybe started like taking it more serious were you still writing stories and then putting punchlines in it or how would the, how did that process go for you did you have um, like a punchline and then just created a story around it i don't know uh
1: now i'm trying that where no i'm uh, the opposite now i'm trying where i got because i got some crazy stories that I want to put up on stage. Mm-hmm. It's now finding where are the opportunities to make people laugh along the way? Because if not, then I'm, uh, I think, doing a different thing than stand-up. I'm being a storyteller. I'm doing mm. spoke, a spoken word show, and I I, don't, I want to do stand-up. So yeah, for now, right now it's that process. In the beginning, I just had to kind of ditch some of the stories and just find funny things to talk about. So not this happened in my past, excuse me, here's plot point A, B, C, D, Mm. boom, big conclusion, ah, and then we're done, which is kind of like a story, how you're Mm. you're setting it up. I had to find, oh, I like drinking bang energy drinks. Okay, what's what's funny about that? There was something about that. A good mentor of mine, uh, Craig, I'm going to get his last name wrong, and I feel so bad. We'll edit Craig we'll Spivak. <laughs> no, we can leave it in. Cred Craig Spivick or Craig Spivak. He does uh, comedy lessons, like private sessions okay. where he works with you on his bits. And he's one of the best teachers ever. I okay. did a session with him the other day. Highly recommend him, by the way. He hosts a lot of time at Fourth Wall. Okay. So he's a cool guy. I think I've heard that name before. Yeah, he's yeah. cool. But uh, something he told me really early on that helped tremendously was... It's you got to have the one that I remember very much is weird. What's weird about this? But there's like five. What scares you about this? What interest? uh, I'm gonna get it wrong and he's gonna crucify me later. But what uh, what what scares you about this? What it's not right. But interests you about this? What about this is funny? What has has the color, the shape, the sound of funny to it? And I found weird to be, or what annoys you is another one. What annoys you about that? And that is kind of how you can start to write jokes. So you start from, I'm getting it wrong, ask old Craig. He knows better (laughs) than me. But you start from a place of what's weird about X? What's weird about Y? Okay, we'll go from there. I like Bang Energy Drink. What's weird about Bang? Well, the CEO of Bang Energy, they ousted him, Jack Owock, and he's a guy who wears a big chain on his neck with with the Bang symbol. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's interesting. Okay, there's something I could talk about there.
0: And that's how you, and you that's start running, That's
1: how I did it in the beginning. And it's, it's been working pretty well so far. And then I, I got really into, uh, my parents and how I was raised and stuff that's these days probably about the first three or four minutes of my set, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't did I do that at the open mic that you were? You, you were
0: kind at? of slightly touched it. And yeah, re, which is but remember I'm, it was yeah. like one of those mics where you were just like, well, not, we're not getting any laughs here, so I'm just going to tell stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which right, I right. thought, dude, uh, that's something where I haven't even gotten till yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, to where it's yeah. like an open mic, and you you catch that, and you're like, all right, fuck it, fuck this material, let's just.
1: The energy's contagious, man. You uh, you go into some of these mics and. Very lively. I've been to some open mics, and you high-five each other afterwards because everyone's having such a good right, time, and yeah. everybody kills it. And then you have some where it's just... Yeah, dude. That's the vibe. Yeah, it's just very quiet, very, yeah. very quiet. And then you do your best, and then you hope that one of the comedians before you opens up the room, as they say, where they're so funny, they get everybody kind of laughing. A good host can do that, by the way. A lot of mm, good yes, hosts at 4th Wall. Yes, yeah, and, great uh, hosts. And so then you you do your best to kind of ride that that energetic wave, but
0: uh, which I feel like you did that day. You know what I mean? Like you were just (laughs) kind of maybe like alleviated the stress from everybody. That's good. Because I went before you, and I wish I went after you because maybe I would have seen that and done done exactly what you did. Maybe fuck the material.
1: Bro, it's that standard improv rule, man. Yes and yes and. This is where the room is at. I accept where the room is at. Yes and let's do something with it. But you got to start with yes. You can't. You can't move forward. Some people I've seen them, you can do it one of two ways, I suppose. You can do what I attempted to do, which is that yes and. You accept where the room's at and you move it. Or you can just come in like a freight train like Joey Diaz and just start talking shit. And whatever he does, and Robin Williams, these guys, or Sam Kennison, right? yeah, these, yeah. these energetic, Dave yeah. Cook, these really energetic guys, and then they just kind of bowl over the room and the room just kind of caves to to them because they're bigger than the room. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm not there yet. What Uh, stand ups do you look up to? Uh, Man, I've been watching a lot of. uh, I was watching Bill Hader earlier today. I don't know if he necessarily does stand up, but his character work and his impressions are just
0: spot on, dude.
1: Spot on. I've mentioned I gotta stop talking about him, but I, I've mentioned like Sam Kinison in the last three. I'm like I'm gonna get canceled if I keep talking. <laughs> in The last three podcasts I've recorded, I'd be like, oh man, Sam Kennison's a great comedian. Everyone's gonna go watch back and see him getting protested by the gays because he made fun of AIDS. Like it's yeah, like yeah. I can't. It's like I gotta stop talking about Sam, but Sam's great. I love Sam Kinison. I just liked uh, there's a element of Sam Kinison that I respect and like, which is the wild man rebel. I, uh, I'm here to have a fucking great time. How the fuck are you guys doing tonight? element to his personality. That's ah, how Joey Diaz is. I love Joey Diaz as well. He's amazing, bro. Yeah. He Joey is Diaz. so funny. Take a Joe, take a shuttle. <laughs> he's so fucking funny, <laughs> saw that on The fucking Alex Jones clip where Joe Rogan brought him on Alex Jones and Joey's just cursing and Alex was like, hey, we need to chill the fuck out here, dude. And he was like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck this show, I'm out. Stay black. That's the most important thing. And he just left, dude. It's like, this guy's incredible. And uh, I love Joey Diaz. I love those guys who are just so full of life, Yeah, man. They're just... Yeah. They're they're so full of life. Dane Cook was a stand-up comedian I watched really, really early on that I I loved. But uh, the comedians I really look up to I definitely got to be uh, Bill Burr, Dave and Dave Chappelle, and Jerry Seinfeld. As, those are as good well. ones, dude. Yeah, those man. are
0: great ones. The greats. Those are
1: the, those absolutely the the greats, man. I remember uh, I remember early on when I was a kid, the first stand-up. I don't know if you had this experience. I think a, a lot of people, millennials or, or younger, would have this experience where the first stand-up I think I ever saw was Jerry Seinfeld on reruns of Seinfeld, Yeah, where he would do st- stand-up at the beginning of the episode, that's right, that's and then right. it would do the episode, and right, the, but yeah. that was the first time I think I ever saw anybody doing that thing, and that was cool.
0: Mine was Sinbad. Yeah? Yeah, that was my first time. I Because uh, what's it called? Def Jams would always play in the late night, yeah. so fucking Sinbad was one of the first ones, Dude, and Martin Lawrence... There. A young Dave Chappelle, dude. I remember seeing a young Dave Chappelle before he was even Dave Chappelle, and that was, and I was like, fucking like,
1: maybe ten or eleven. That is too young to watch Def Jam. (laughs) (laughs) That is a little early. (laughs) Well, dude, TV was crazy. Were you eating alphabet soup, cross-legged after Sesame Street, watching (laughs) Def Jam? (laughs) Were you folding paper airplanes and doing your math homework while watching Def Jam?
0: That's a little early, man. Yeah, man, but you know, it's just that late night TV. Yeah, you know what I mean? Where you just parents are asleep and you just watch whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, man.
1: And so those are those, those, do you want to talk about energy? Those def jam comedians. Energetic. Energetic as fuck. Is Cat Williams considered a def jam comedian? I actually don't know. I, I don't know stylistically, so forgive me, Lord on high, if I get it wrong. But when I think of. Uh, l- Like when I think of Cat Williams, I think of like loud, energy, yeah. rowdy audience, th- which mm. is what my mind goes to when I think of Def Jam. It's, it's, mm. it's rowdy as fuck. It and is, that's yeah. fun, bro. Yeah, dude. Where is that in the scene, man? Where Outside of a, L.A., probably. Probably. I don't know, man. There's, there's a couple comedians coming through here who are, who are get the audience rowdy. But yeah, man, that's something I wish I want to figure out how to fucking do that. I want to yeah. get people laughing and people rowdy. Right. It's cool, man. Sort of um, mosh pit in fourth wall cafe, bro. <laughs> Mark my words, Joe. It's coming. He's the owner of the, yeah. you know, Joe. <laughs> say, right? yeah, yeah. 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 yeah
0: his name comes up literally every podcast does it well because he's awesome bro. he's fucking the best dude he's
1: he gave me my he put me up for my very first show Same. way earlier than he probably should have <laughs> yeah dude he
0: asked me like two months in and i was like no no, no i'm not ready <laughs> yeah dude he'll do that yeah and it literally took me like another month where i was like all right joe i'm ready but he wanted me up early and i was like no no, no 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 dude
1: i can't do that i i said yes yeah. <laughs> i didn't wait i was like all right let's give this a shot but uh yeah i have a lot of respect and for joe menente and he's yeah a great he, he he gave me a lot of advice very early on, yes. and he took a chance on me and made it to where I was able to get up on stage and perform for the first time. And for that reason, I will I will always love old Joe Menente.
0: Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. You, so we talked about this bit about conspiracy theorists. Are you a conspiracy theorist?
1: Oh, in way. <laughs> the, the lizard what way? The people? What do you mean? Lizard people? Are they? You have their ears grafted in here? Can they hear me if I start talking about it? <laughs> What do you want to know, man? Shit, you want man. to talk about how the Ark is in Ethiopia, bro? You want to talk about that? I, I the Ark I, of the Covenant it. is in Ethiopia I that's believe being that. guarded by men who go blind within three years because of the radiation poisoning because it was a power plant. Do you want to talk about that? We can talk about it. I actually didn't hear about this it's dangerous Let's... dangerous territory we may be treading on. I didn't actually know about this. What is, what is this? You're know, friends with Klaus Schwab, are you? I know all about this, dude. <laughs> there are three boxes you should never open with me, and we can open one if you like. Three boxes, little Parker, you should never open. Number one is Conspiracies, Ancient Egypt, all that shit, because I love it. It's, it's I like love my it. favorite yeah. thing. The other thing, which is all the podcasts I'm doing right now is comedy, because I love stand-up. Mm-hmm. Just comedy, the history of comedy, stand-up. And the other is BDSM, which I've already talked about. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> I've already talked about on, on podcast. If you want to open that, too, that's fine. But all right, you want to open it up? We Conspiracy can open it, it up. There, we'll yeah. you we'll go to the BDSM later but, what do you uh, want to know? I have are, look at how I'm dressed. I have all of the answers, dude. That's I so know I, everything. It's
0: kind of different because you like you said you grew up with lesbian parents, so yeah. I don't meet a lot of
1: That was a conspiracy. <laughs> 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 was it real? Was it not? Who knows? The lizard people, dude. The lizard people, bro. <laughs> what so
0: what I what is this radiation thing about the ark?
1: So the the conspiracy theory goes that the ark of the covenant was the If you want to get really deep into it, they think that the Ark of the Covenant was a uh, like a nuclear type of reactor of some kind. Wait, when you read about how the Ark, they would talk about the Ark. No, not Noah's Ark. The Ark of the Covenant, where Moses put the tablets into supposedly. No, no, no. The Ark of the Covenant. That was one of many floods that happened in our history. Younger mud Dryas. I'm <laughs> I don't know about Mud Flood and Tartaria, but I, I know enough about it to know what the fuck you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah the ark of the covenant which was the the biblical where they put the pieces of the of the 10 commandments in and it was spoken of this thing this ark this box where the tablets were in could level cities it had tremendous power they would the hebrews would point it at a place and it would it would completely wipe off it, their enemies out like it was this some kind of weapon some kind of it had god power to it so to speak right mm-hmm. and so the story goes that they thought that the pyramids were tombs because they found boxes in it and they were like oh clearly this is where the sarcophaguses would go right but the story goes that maybe particularly in the biggest of the great pyramids the ark of the covenant sat in the middle and it was a reactor that powered the pyramids as some type of power plant is what the story Holy goes shit. and then the ark was lost to time it traded hands many times was taken out of the pyramid and the what seems to me in my youtube research is that the most credible place where it seems like it's at is, is this church in Ethiopia, which is guarded by the, the people that are there. Like the, the I don't know if a monk is the right word, but the holy men, which are there. And they assign one dude. Do you know like the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier? No. So in the United States, there was an, a faceless, nameless man that they recovered on a battlefield, I believe maybe from the Civil War. I might be getting that wrong. But mm-hmm. the idea is there is now a tomb of the Unknown Soldier that I believe it's in Washington, D.C., And what they do is it it represents symbolically all the men and women who have died for the country and have never gotten any recognition, were never found, uh, and just the heavy sacrifice that that— Entails. And what they do is they have this tomb of this person, this unknown soldier, and it's a high honor if you are chosen to guard the tomb of the unknown soldier. And there's a big changing of the guard that happens outside. The point is, there is a symbolic, we're going to guard this tomb regardless of what the weather is. Doesn't matter if there's a hurricane, doesn't matter if there's a tornado. We will stand out here because this means something. But who are the people guarding it? Are they, they Ethiopians? Just, or no, 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 no. I'm back in America. Now. Uh, okay, so when sorry. I talk about the tomb okay. of the unknown soldier, that's an American thing. Okay. And it's servicemen and women who guard. Uh, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, right. and it's a very uh, formal. They had the, it's. They have a, a. I don't want to call it. I'm a fucking theater guy. I'm going to call it choreographed. I'm sorry to everybody who's in the military, but it's a set, a set of steps and turns where it's a very formalized. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay. We're going to change the guard. Ritualistic, the almost. Ritualistic, yeah. And so they have a similar thing in Ethiopia surrounding this mysterious object that rests inside this housing of some kind and they guard they give the honor to one man at a time and the man within being around the object dies within three years and goes blind and that blindness is a symptom of radiation poisoning so the idea is that perhaps i love graham hancock obviously (laughs) (laughs) so that's where graham hancock thinks the ark of the covenant dude that's
0: kind of wild because um the I just I'm starting to build a relationship with God. I don't know if you okay. saw the episode with Luke Walls. I did not.
1: <clears throat> Luke is religious, yes. Yeah, he's a yeah. Christian guy. Yeah,
0: um, but I'm building it. Whatever. But I just found out such that high
1: spirituality, such dark, dark humor. Yeah, oh my Walls. gosh, dude, so dark. He's one of the best writers I've ever seen. He's agreed. awesome. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. He's dude. great. Agreed. So you're building a relationship with God, yeah. Christian, otherwise. I right? don't know
0: yet. I don't know if it's a religion thing, yep. right? But it's more so of a faith based thing where great. I, I want to build it first, and then we'll see where it takes me. But sure. I just found out that the oldest Bible was in
1: Ethiopia. Yeah, dude. It was, yeah, the uh, Christianity was in Africa via Ethiopia a a long, long time ago. Yeah, which I had no idea. Yeah, man. I did not know.
0: So, this is actually kind of weird how this kind of came full circle with you talking about the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark is in Ethiopia, bro.
1: And I want to go see it.
0: Who, who is who's? Th- these people are guarding it. They're
1: Ethiopians? Yeah, or My only yeah. goal in doing stand-up is to become so famous, they let me get radiation poisoning by just seeing it. I just want to see it. Then you'll just be a blind stand-up. Yeah, bro. It'll add. You know, I need to get more diverse. I'm a, yeah. I'm a straight white male. It doesn't lend itself very much to much humor <laughs> these days. Uh, no, no. But uh, that's my plan. I'm going to become a blind stand-up comedian who's seen the face of God in <laughs> Ethiopia. That's so wild, dude. Because and it's I like swing my legs while I say that. <laughs> I thought I was well versed in conspiracy theories, but I have never heard of this one, man. You haven't downloaded TikTok, have you? I have. <laughs> you have? I that's why the Tartaria thing, the Caref- Tartaria. Careful. That's, well, okay. that's, that's where say, I'm on right now. Careful mud floods. Which, yeah, the mud floods of Tartaria. I don't know how much of that is true. I haven't looked the much c- into that cathodes. conspiracy. I like to say, man, I'm a reasonable conspiracy theorist in that I just want things to make sense. Me too. That's it. Thank you. I don't care about... I, I don't care. It's sure. It's, it's fun to talk about aliens, and it's right. a lot of fun to acknowledge publicly that those bodies in mexico are real and i don't give a fuck what anybody <laughs> says real, i dude. don't care they're real they're the chalky remnants of our long gone past and they're real and i don't give a fuck i don't care what anybody i don't care that the guy who presented them has already tried this shit once and was proved to be okay fa- i don't care i want it to be real and so i have that self-awareness where i can play with that like uh-huh. I understand that some things that I might want to be real cuz it's exciting might not actually be real. When if you want to know what I really fucking think, I just want shit to make sense. Yeah. That's it. I okay, where there was an ark of the covenant, it's written about everywhere. Where is it? It's, it can't just be lost to time or unless it was dumped in the ocean or some shit. It's got to probably be somewhere. Whether it's in a rich guy's house who has it in his collection or something, you know. With Joe Biden's garage. Yeah, it's in Joe, <laughs> Joe Biden's Corvette, dude. He's fucking cruising down Pacific Highway with the ark. Kamala. Which would explain a lot. I Kamala. Kamala got the arc. I'm coming back. Good for you, Joe. Good we did it, Joe. We, we did it, Joe. I love that clip. We did, it, we did it, Joe. We did it. I'm gonna go back to jogging so I can stay healthy for one of us in this house. I'm gonna go back to jogging. Yeah. I yeah, so I'm a reasonable conspiracy theorist in that I just want shit to make sense. Like take the JFK assassination mm-hmm. for an example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. The official story is a guy acted alone, da 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 da. da, da but really, <laughs> really, did he act alone, or does it make more sense that John F. Kennedy was a couple weeks prior to getting killed talking about abolishing the CIA? Exactly. And then exactly. made a speech, literally that anybody could look up, where he says, "These we got to root out these secret societies exactly, in our government." Dude. And then he and then he gets murdered. Is it's like, come on? There there are some things that seem to me to be more reasonable. Than others. Absolutely, you know? dude. Yeah. That's the
0: whole strength of America right there. If yeah. he goes out and says that shit and he keeps pushing it, that's. Get rid of him. Yeah, you get to get that, that, that convertible ride
1: through Dallas, Texas, bro. <laughs> they'll, they'll spray paint an X, a white X on the ground to show what happened. I've been there.
0: Have you? No as, kidding. As a kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Erie?
1: I was a kid. I didn't know. I, but I do remember seeing the white. Because they have it marked on the street where he was, where he was shot, which is a weird dude, thing to commemorate. Right? Like, not commemorate, but. I guess. What do you do? What do you do when the president is shot? I mean, I guess you have to be like it happened here. I guess that does make sense, but it's just such a haunt. It's it's not that the people in Dallas did anything wrong besides a couple of them maybe <laughs> when they killed the president, yeah. but <laughs> that it's an eerie haunting thing. To well, what do we do? I guess we put next right where it happened. What else do you do? I guess. Yeah. But the, the, yeah,
0: the weirdest thing for me was the photo in the Air Force One where Lyndon B. Johnson gets sworn in, mm. and he's like laughing. Is he? Old dude, yeah. It's literally, he's standing next to Jackie O, and she's got JFK's blood on her dress, Mm. and she's obviously distraught, but you see Lyndon B. It's a photo of Lyndon B. Johnson looking at someone else. I've never seen that. And they're smiling at each other. That's interesting. Right before he's getting sworn in, literally, right before he puts his fucking hand on the Bible.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. This is where the skeptic part of me comes in, where it's like, (laughs) did they just catch a candid moment where he's trying to laugh or keep spirits up or something? After maybe? the president gets fucking, I've never blown seen off. the <laughs> video. It could be so obvious that this is fucking weird. Yeah. It, that could be it. But again, the skeptic part of me comes in and it's like, That's fair. Can you judge something off of one picture? Sometimes you can when the, the old, there's a, famous picture i just was looking up the other day of a lynching that was down in tennessee oh my god you know the one i'm awful. talking about where the kid the the little girl the 12 year old smiling at at the guy who's been murdered have you seen no. this it's it's haunting. with the little it's, white girl a little white girl. i've seen that picture. yeah yes yeah, yeah, yeah. dude Jesus. so you can sometimes you can judge things off of a picture <laughs> right you can be like that's not good but that's true when okay. i when okay. i i'm self-aware enough for me i think to be like you dude you want him to be in you want him to be do- in on it and then be like, there's the picture, he's laughing, he's in on it. It's too easy, right? Okay,
0: so. fair enough. You're you're one of the good conspiracy theorists. I I'm one so. of the guy where I just run I with hope it. I so.
1: We'll see what the people think <laughs> when they go to come for me, when they come to cancel me. Um, My goal is to do stand-up for the World Economic Forum. Just That's what I'm saying. If <laughs> you guys want to fly me out, dude, I'll do it. I'll do five minutes on eating bugs, bro. I don't give a fuck. I believe everything you guys believe. We should make meat an allergen where people can't eat it. We should do that because people – I know people are lazy and stupid, and they can't be trusted not to eat meat. I know that, and I believe everything you believe. Let me see the owl statue. (laughs) I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see Moloch. I want to (laughs) see the the stone – Tribute to Moloch, the god. What is it? The god of child sacrifice yeah. <laughs> Isn't that oh what, what it's supposed to be? I'm just saying. I I don't know. I watched Joe Rogan. All right. <laughs> I don't know. The, I want to y- see the owl, dude. I really would like to see the owl statue in Bohemian Grove. do You yeah. know what I'm talking oh, yeah, about? Oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Bohemian cool. Grove was literally like the first.
1: Sometimes when you're me, you think, oh, he's on my side, and then you got to check to be sure. Like, you know, you know what the fuck <laughs> I'm talking. You don't think I just think there's an owl statue in the woods, right? No, that's that's, that's my real. first.
0: That's my that was my first conspiracy theory. Gotcha. Was Bohemian Grove. Gotcha. Yeah, man. And yeah. I thought. And it just went. Down. I remember fucking seeing it late at night. I was stoned. I was like nineteen. That's
1: <laughs> that's the that's that, how they get you. That's how they get. That's, that's how it how starts, dude. That's and how they then get you.
0: After that, dude, fucking down world spiral. I was like, oh my god, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, dude,
1: you got to be careful with that, man. You got to be careful with it because life is filled filled with optimism and, and hope, and when you see some of the stuff that. I mean, some of the shit that's been confirmed, like take something as simple as the syphilis experiments that the U.S. government did. Do you know about this? I want to say it was called the Tuskegee experiments. I might be wrong. Where they injected poor black men, I believe it was uh, only men, with syphilis, just to see what would happen. <laughs> what, dude? And it, it, what's wild about that, this is real. I'm not making this up. This is not me being woo-woo, whatever. The fucking pyramids are a power plant. This is this is real. It's documented. It's you know I believe this, maybe even the government's apologized for it. I don't know. But they did a medical experiment where a government, it might have been the federal or the state government, I don't remember, but it was the government, uh, one of the governments, and they injected black men with syphilis just to see what effect it had on the body to study for oh for, for God, science dude. and then let it keep going even after they discovered a cure for syphilis. Isn't that wild? So found the cure for syphilis and they just let the experiment continue oh to God, go until dude. everybody started to, to die. So <sighs> when you hear shit like that, yeah. which is real, which is absolutely a conspiracy, conspiracy meaning a a group of people planned a thing. Uh, yeah, it can get a bit downtrodden, a bit dis- disheartening, but you got to be careful because the world is also filled with good things. Absolutely, and, and, and you got to you got to stay positive, man. You yeah. got to stay positive. I think the aliens are here to help us. You know, I hope. I hope. That's <laughs> we'll what, see. <clears throat> one of the
0: reasons why I started building a relationship with God, man, because these past three years I've just seen so much evil. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just like at a certain point I was just like, dude, th- this is what are we doing? What mm-hmm. are we doing? You know what I mean? And I don't know. That was like what you said. That that's. That was like the only hope of good Mm -hmm. for me, you know what I mean? And 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 right now, you know, it's
1: a piece of hope. It's a rep. It's God is in many traditions the physical manifestation of hope, is the physical manifestation of light, positivity, good things. You know, so yeah, I think that's great. Thank you, man. Good luck on your spiritual quest. Thank you, dude. Thank you, dude. That's sick. Thank you, man. You're
0: very smart, dude. You're very (laughs) like like, and again, you're an actor. I don't really meet a lot of smart actors. It's all a
1: conspiracy, bro. (laughs) It's all a conspiracy.
0: Are you? Do you believe in the uh, the moon landing?
1: Do I believe in the moon landing? Uh, I think so. I. I, I mm. mean, yeah. I. Th- yeah. I, I. I think so. I don't see a reason. Yeah, maybe we wanted to show that. Oh, we have the technology to get on the moon before the Russians. That to yeah. me would be a plausible reason to fake a moon landing. Right. Uh, when there's that much international pressure, of, we got to beat these fucking guys, or we're or, or, or we're gonna be screwed. Right. Um. Past that. I, I don't know. I uh, That's where I'd be optimistic. Yeah, I think we went to the moon. I think we went to space. I, I don't think that there's too many people that are going to space now to where we couldn't, where we didn't have. It, just to me, there's too much evidence that we did land on the moon. So I think we landed on the moon. I okay. think we landed on the moon. I think we are actually in space. I do hope Elon Musk gets us to Mars relatively soon because I think that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I do think the moon landing happened. Flat Earth guy? No. Oh. Damn it. I haven't met one person who's a flat earth person. I have to say that to him because I can tell he's not one of us. I have to say that to him, but we know the truth. (laughs) No, I'm not a flat earth guy. The earth is, the earth is, the earth is round. (sighs) Yeah, dude, it's round for sure. This okay. is so weird because you, dude, you fucking. What opened are you, up. a scientist, bro? You know the earth is round? Okay, okay.
0: You opened up with one of them, probably the conspiracy okay. theories i have never even heard of, and yeah. it's so deep. And yeah, then dude. fucking these ones I'm throwing at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, deep, not yeah. flat. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. All right, this
0: guy. <laughs> What's another conspiracy theory that I may not know about that I, fucking. That I don't you know,
1: know, dude. Uh, what do you want to talk about? Uh pro- I love the uh, the Anunnaki. Have you heard the Anunnaki mm-hmm. shit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know about that. Mm-hmm. You know the truth like I do about our ancient genetically modified past. I've I read know. Zachariah's book. Bu- I forget his name. Zachariah Sitchin. Yeah, Sitchin I I've yeah. not read the book. I need to read more. Yeah. <laughs> I need to read more before I start talking about this shit on yeah. podcast <laughs> probably. Um what's a conspiracy theory you might not know about? What's a little known conspiracy theory? I don't know, man. I'm trying to rack my brain. You know about Tartaria. That's that's like a fringe. F- fringe in the sense that not many people know about it, conspiracy mm. theory. About the, the great mud flood. Do you know about the Chicago World's Fair?
0: Oh my gosh, dude. Don't get me started on these World Fairs. Okay, fuck. You yeah. know about
1: the Chicago World's Fair, man. Don't get me well, started on those. This has been fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Next week we'll be happy. No. No, I'm kidding. An alien, an actual alien yeah, on the successful dude. failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Sometimes you go to make a joke and you're like, I, I shouldn't say that it, on a podcast. And you say, "Alien," I immediately go, "Oh, it'll be a, a prominent Hispanic comedian who came over. He's got quite Mancia. the story." Carlos Mencia. Sealing
0: all of his jokes.
1: Yeah, I don't know, I. <laughs> I'm in a weird place with the Mexican people because my grandfather's Mexican. Okay. I don't know if I'm allowed to joke about it or not (laughs) because I was raised by lesbian parents. My mom is half Mexican, obviously not the blood-related mom, but the one who stayed home with me throughout most of my childhood, Mm -hmm. right? So, But, yeah, my grandfather's a full-blooded Mexican. Did you know about that conspiracy, (laughs) Jesse? Did you know about that one? Got him. Got him. Nailed it. That's true, though. It's true.
0: Uh, So— since you brought it up now, BDSM, <laughs> what, what? what what is it? What, like what? You're into it? it? Up. I shouldn't have brought it up, bro. I shouldn't have brought it up. Well, slightly touch on it. Slightly, slightly touch on touch it. On slightly it, spank on it. Yeah.
1: Slightly yeah. rub it to make sure that the skin is not in, in pain. Yeah, let's do that. What do you want to know?
0: <laughs> so you're into it, I'm guessing. No, I just yeah. brought it up yeah. for <laughs> no reason.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? So BDSM, this is like... I, um, this is completely foreign to me. You remember all those those uh, weird kids in high school that used to hang out under the stairs? We grew up, <laughs> and we got hobbies mostly <laughs> torture. Mostly, yeah, sexual sadism and masochism. Generally, generally that. Ha ha ha! What do you want to know, man? What do you? It's want
0: wild, to dude. I I just so I just I'm not gonna say his name, but I just talked to a comedian and he said he just got with like one of his first girls where she was into BDSM.
1: And apparently Oh, I boy, that's a that's a heavy first experience I, 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 when you don't realize that that's a thing, and then someone's like, no, this is totally a thing. And you're like, oh, fuck, I've waited <laughs> on this my whole life, and I didn't even know.
0: But he, was, he went in and talked about how you're supposed to check in on someone a couple hours after.
1: Well, <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, absolutely. So that's aftercare. Aftercare's aftercare is very, very important. So generally, if you're going to go into a, BDS, a BDSM scene with a partner, you want to discuss aftercare beforehand, meaning – what do you like after you have been uh, after oh. you've been in that vulnerable position after after you've after you've had sex or after you have gone through a, they call them in BDSM scenes uh, you know what do you like do you like to be cuddled do you want a, a glass of you know water thank you for discussing my aftercare with me before this podcast of course I appreciate dude. it ha 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 but uh, yeah you yeah you check in absolutely you know you want to make sure that the other person's okay especially if someone goes through something pretty intense. Um, you know something uh, painful something that is emotionally quite intense you want to make sure that they're okay and what's even better than checking in before is checking in or excuse me checking in after is checking in before or checking in obviously throughout the experience shit yeah gotta 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 check in man this is gonna be a really
0: bad joke but do you think rapists do this
1: (laughs) no i I doubt so i doubt so (laughs) i doubt so I've never, I've never had the the, uh, the the distinct pleasure of going to a jail and having an interviewing. Or you should do that for one of these. You should, I actually you should, bring, should uh, bring a fucking serial. I just killer talked on to him about this BDSM. Yeah. Be like, what do you think about this? He's like, ah. He's all chained up. And and, he, and he's like, <laughs> I don't even know what that guy would say in that situation. But, yeah, no, it's it's um as strange or as, uh, even dark, or I don't even know what the word is, but you can get a lot of assumptions by, you know, 50 shades of Grey is a shit job of talking about what a BDSM relationship should be, but you can get a lot of assumptions, but yeah, the ideally, if you're doing it, in my opinion, correctly, yeah, everything is well discussed beforehand. You know what your partner's into. Uh, sometimes you can even, and I've, I've done this myself, so I think I'm, I think I can speak on it. Sometimes you even go through a checklist of this act you're okay with, this type of thing you're Holy okay fuck. with, this as opposed to getting spanked with a, a like something leather, use something you know a hand. I'm okay with the hand, but not okay with leather. Leather hurts too much. I'm not okay with that. You can you go through the oh, checklist shit. and you and you you see because. The point is everyone's supposed to have a really good time. Mm-hmm. Everyone's supposed to have a really good time oh, and you don't so,
0: someone get carried away and shit.
1: Yeah, you have to have tremendous discipline and self-control because you you know you can't become like a a, were, a werewolf in the sense that when you, you're in a private setting or the lights go out, you can't control yourself. That's not good. You, you always have to be measured. It's very important.
0: So what are these things like scenes that are these like orgies?
1: Or no, as like, a scene is, it can be, yeah, it can be multiple people, but it can also just be you and your, you and a partner, uh, you okay, and, your partner okay. and you, you would discuss beforehand, what are the limitations? What are you interested in? What, what are, what are you, what's a fan? It's like a question I've asked before. It's like, what's a fantasy that you have that you never tried before? Hmm. And then she says, Oh, I'm, I'm into, I'm into this particular thing. I never kiss and tell. So sorry yeah, for no, the no, juicy no, details. No, no, I, I don't, no. I don't ever, no. I don't ever reveal stuff that, that uh that intimate, no, 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 no. but, uh, Yeah, what's a particular thing that you want to try that you have never tried before? Or if if we get to that level. Or what's what's a fantasy that you like? And then you can kind of play into that. It's very theatrical. It's very theatrical. That's kind of crazy,
0: dude. I feel like fucking a lot of relationships would be saved, especially those who don't do BDSM. But I feel like a lot of relationships would be saved if they did this. Yeah. I know what I mean? mean, Like they were so open with each other.
1: Well, look, you just... Yeah, you have to be... Part of the thing is people were very scared of, ah, I'm into this that's a bit much. I don't want to, I don't want to, and I imagine from the woman's perspective in my type of relationship, I got called out in a TikTok comment when I was talking before. They're like, you know, BDSM isn't, isn't just between men and women. I'm like, yeah, dude, (laughs) but I'm me and I like women. So that's what I'm going to talk about. So, and I would imagine I try to be empathetic in that. And I really try to put myself in the woman's perspective Mm. of if she was going to go into a type of relationship like this with me, what's, what might be the worries, what might be the fears that she has and how, what can I do to make her feel comfy? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I find that if I'm just completely open with what I, what I am and what I'm into, uh, I, there's another podcast I did where they literally put my BDSM test. I requested them to do that. Actually put my BDSM test.org check sheet in there just so all the viewers and everybody be like, yep, this is who he is. This is what he's into. I will always show wow. girls the chart because I don't ever want them to be shocked, and you know. And then two, I find when I'm just honest, that opens them up to be, you know, honest with me about. Well, right. oh, I did want to try this one thing. It's like, okay,
0: cool. Have you uh, dated women who weren't into
1: BDSM? And then hasn't lasted very long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, just because that's my lifestyle and that's what I'm into. But yeah, you, you know, the a lot of girls seem like. I haven't fucked that many girls <laughs> or, or been in that many scenes, but the ones I have, some of them, there does seem to be an emerging pattern of girls who just want a one-off fun time in that I've always, I've watched these porn videos. Right. I've seen this. I've fantasized. Ooh, what might this be like? I might try it. I IRL and that's fine. Cool. I'm, I'm done with that too. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever you're into, that's fine. But to answer your question, no, I mean I'm not gonna probably be in a relationship with a with a woman who's not uh, into the call it the kinky lifestyle just mm-hmm. because it, I'm not I don't know what am I gonna drag her into yeah. that, no it doesn't make any sense it's it's these are my preferences if you want to come along for the ride cool happy to happy to have you around you know if she's cool Yeah uh, so but uh, but if not no no problem Maybe this is probably a weird no.
0: question, but do you I will s- walk off of this podcast do, do you separate be like the scenes from actual sex or is the scenes your sex uh
1: for me sex was always a bit uh, uh, theatrical I guess you could say like hmm. like sex was always a bit more than just your standard. I don't know. I always wanted something more than just, just fucking in missionary style and then calling it a day, you know? Like, I, I just wanted it either dirty talk or, or you know, everybody—you guys know who the fuck I am at this point. Uh, You know, just, just other stuff. So so to, to answer your question, uh, is it the same? I have had one-night stands that have been completely call-it-vanilla. Uh, mm-hmm. and, that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's fine. And that's fine. And those have been fun. Those girls have been awesome. I have nothing negative to say about mm-hmm. that. But the things that I, it's, it's a question of a degree of desire. What do you really like at the end of the day? For me, I really like the kinky BDSM lifestyle. It's what I am. And so when I participate in that type of a sexual experience or that type of a BDSM scene, that really does it for me. And I really like it. Whereas if it's vanilla, it's okay. But but it's it's not, I, I desire, if I'm being honest, I try to be as authentic as I can, especially when I'm doing podcasts and stuff. If I'm being honest, yeah, I like it when it's kinky. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun for
0: me. You know, you said you equated dirty talk to
1: BDSM? Is that like... Meaning more <clears throat> than just, so many guys are quiet in, in bed. Right. When I've, when, when I've talked to girls about like, oh, what, you know, what's... Because you, you, a lot of times participating in a BDSM scene or an experience is one of the most intense or one of the most, um, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's a big deal to the girl if it's her first time. Got it. Right. So in that you get to start talking with her about, Oh, well, what was this like for you? Did you like this? Whatever. And then it, you can kind of start to hear and, and two, I've just watched BDSM podcasts online. And stuff, oh, so wow. I've, I've heard people, most men just are quiet. Most men don't talk. You know, there's no dirty talk to the woman. There's no, from what I have heard. Uh, really? Yeah. I mean, what Shit, are you I into? You I do, may do, do, be do? fucking BDSM then, dude. Fuck I'm a fucking yeah, talker, bro. brother. I'm, Fuck t- I
0: fucking talk, dude. You know, I fucking, I'm a verbal
1: guy, I guess. because well, for, for the, how long have you been with your girl? Seven, seven if years. If I get too touchy, tell me, I'll, I'll back up. No, no, no off yeah, that's whatever you want. But, I mean, yeah. So you've been with the woman. Well, I've never had a relationship that that Good long. Good for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> While she's on the Eiffel Tower, just longing, like, where is he? What is he doing right now? What is my man doing? That's not French. Was what is my man doing? She's got like a a French. Does she have a little bit of a French? No English
0: accent. She's half English, half French. Half
1: English, half French. Just a little bit of English. What is my man up to right now? Yeah, exactly. He's probably talking about how much he loves me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, for women, it's a mental game. Right. Exactly. Mental. If you don't exactly the picture, if you don't do that imagination thing. They're not going to enjoy themselves in my own humble experience. So yeah, but I find that I- anything i'm just trying to paint some sort of easy exactly, vanilla yeah. situation yeah there might be a little bit of dirty talk mm. in, in vanilla sex yes there might be a little bit of maybe light spanking or whatever but once you get past that you're broaching into more kinky territory you know even, i would consider personally even having like a, a, a blindfold on or even having l- fluffy handcuffs or something to be more into kinky
0: territory well shit toys man. it makes a lot of sense now dude maybe that's what I've we've been learned listening.
1: so yeah. much this podcast we have dude
0: yeah. what does bdsm stand for
1: bond the wikipedia article will tell you it stands for something along the lines of bondage discipline sadism and masochism so dominance submission is in there too the the acronym pairs up a bunch of different ways so bondage submission sm bd right mm-hmm. so but yeah bondage discipline sadism masochism uh, dominance submission that that sort of thing is what it just un- encompasses the umbrella of Holy shit,
0: man. I did not know about BDSM. I thought it was I'd just, you i give you, you know, some
1: book recommendations if you want after we're done recording.
0: All right, maybe that's a... I mean, Luke gave me a, a book about Christianity and
1: <laughs> giving me Here's BDSM. Here's we do. We need to get Luke back on here. I'm going to be on one shoulder and, you're, and Luke's going to be on your other shoulder and we're just going to whisper things in your ear and see who has your soul by the end of this podcast. <laughs> that's I a funny would idea. I would view consensual, honest... Uh, positive sexual experiences is absolutely part of the, the good, you know, people, people, I've been a, uh, I've been being, you know, with porn and stuff in the past. I've, I've absolutely used pleasure poorly in the sense of, you know, just giving into addictions or giving into stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, pleasure is a part of life. So you gotta, you gotta use it well and learn to be measured and, and disciplined with it. So. You know, it can't. I think any addiction is bad. Porn, weed, nicotine, alcohol, yeah. caffeine. I've been caffeine. I, I'm off caffeine right now. I need to stop because I'm just chugging fucking bang energy drinks. Sorry, Jack, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I've. I mean, I'm. I've been drinking caffeine again for like the past couple of weeks. But it, it's wild when you go for like three weeks to like a month without having caffeine, dude. Yeah. That first sip, holy shit, it, Whew, it dude.
1: Shoots. And I just don't like that. I don't like being a slave to any particular substance or thing. Like p- I said, porn, I mean, yeah, man, you got to be careful with porn because it will, it'll get you. It, it gets it, you, dude. It'll get, because it, it's just too easy to just, it's so easy. It's so easy to just pull out your phone and right. see. Ex- I. It's not so much the content. You absolutely can go down a rabbit hole and that's, that's terrible as well. But really just the idea of I can see now the exact type of scene that I want to see. I can see the exact type of sexual act I want to see. In literally three seconds. That's not good for your brain, I don't think. It has not been good for mine. Right. Just that immediate gratification is just – you, you need to establish good relationships with people. You need to, you know, you need to be it, – it, it shouldn't be that easy. Yeah, I've, it shouldn't I've, be that easy.
0: I've heard a lot about this lately just because I feel like a lot of the – especially boomers will talk about how Gen Z has that problem with porn. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I don't – I, I again, I think I missed that kind of wave. Good, Good you know what you, I mean. Man. Where Good I mean, I, of course, I watch porn. I watch a lot of porn. Or I used to watch a lot of porn, but sure. It's interesting to kind of see how that's for, because it's so easy for your generation to watch porn. With my generation, there was only one computer in the house. Yep. You know yep. what I mean. So no, you kind of had the to be access secret. was limited. Yeah. Limited, very limited. You yep. know what I mean. And then obviously late night television where you had fucking I don't know Sue Johansson. Do you know Sue Johansson? No. Dude, she was an OG. She would have. She had this show where it come on at like midnight and she would just review sex toys that's just older like 60 year old woman and oh, people that's would funny. call that's like in a dr
1: ruth type thing yeah know yeah know dark dr yeah ruth. sam kennison always used to shit on dr so ruth yeah
0: people would call in and they would ask that her about you know this toy and stuff mm-hmm. like that and then she could order up th- so it was basically like an hvc of for funny. sex toys yeah that's dude funny. so she was an og but it it's it just we didn't get the mass wave of well, pornography because n- even now dude i'm just like what the fuck you can't no, even dude, find what's anything even
1: anymore. more wild is how ai is getting wrapped up into this i'm really happy i quit before the ai shit happened because d- imagine what ai can do with with porn oh if you can god. generate any image you could ever want oh my ever god. for any length of time oh my god i dude. know right <laughs> it's heavy jesus it's heavy You know, and there's going to be a ton of, I'm sure, legal something that has to pass because you can, I'm sure, just make. Do you ever see the the Twilight Zone episode, or not Twilight Zone, the Black Mirror episode where the guy gets the girl's DNA off of a fucking sucker and then puts her in a simulation? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's that's we're not there yet, but it's moving there, particularly in a video or a, a, a image format. So. Yeah, it's, it's it's dark, and it's not good. It's do not you, good.
0: Obviously, with living in L.A., we see the Hollywood strike and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about I saw
1: that. some strikers outside the Netflix building today right. as I was driving around, yeah.
0: Um, there's obviously a thing now where, obviously, SAG got into it a little bit later than the WGA, but the reason. do you know the reason why, kind of, for the I'm, I'm
1: familiar. Well, partially, I'm assuming you're bringing this up because I talked about AI and the fact yes. that AI can get anybody's likeness ever and just so, put them wherever they want. Howie, Man,
0: Howie Mandel was... He has commercials in Korea where he sold his likeness, and he didn't even shoot him. But it's literally commercials of his face God and voice, wild. and he just gets residuals. I've been so that's saying
1: wh- this forever. I've been saying this is gonna come. So,
0: do you think that obviously it affecting a really big industry? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's gonna affect stand up at all? AI. If so, in how?
1: my own experience, I use Chat GPT a lot. I use I will I will completely own it. If anyone ever wants to fucking call me out on it, on stand up sketches, some of the sketches I do for uh-huh. Instagram. I will absolutely use ChatGPT to flesh out a premise and give me a basic skeleton for a sketch. The problem is ChatGPT isn't funny. Mm -hmm. So then I go in and I say, okay, this line doesn't work. We need to change this line. But I absolutely use ChatGPT if I need to get cuz what's partially annoying you've written scripts right mm. it's the fucking formatting i got to hit the enter button mm. i got to write this character's mm. name i got to write the action that right. they're taking i have to do this whereas i can just say to ChatGPT, hey write me a script and i can just copy another script that i've already previously written write me a script that's like uh, you fit this premise into Damn. this fucking thing Damn. and it does it does it and it does it in well, my only gonna get better. opinion it's only going to get better but there's a emotional component to humor that I don't know if AI is going to be able mm-hmm. to get very soon. Like I said, ChatGPT just isn't funny. Right. Uh, y- you can, it's interesting. You can do. I don't know if they'll let you do it now, but back in the Wild West days of ChatGPT earlier this year, you could take a premise and say, "Hey, write me a stand-up bit about penguins in the style of Bill Burr," and it would do it. And that was pretty creepy. Holy fuck. And you could hear his voice Holy as you were fuck. reading it, like the black and white text. But it wasn't funny. It wasn't insightful. There wasn't any good points. It wasn't live. There there, there was a lot of elements to it was missing. But they were able to get his sentence structure, his syntax, his cadence God down. damn, man. So that's a bit concerning, right? But at the same time, the comedy... I think part of the reason crowd work is blowing up so much right now is because people want there to be a live, you know, for a fact, it's completely true and honest right here in that moment exchange. So for AI, I don't think stand-up is going to be hit soon. And I hope it's not hit for, for a long time, but that's the thing. AI so far, I've yet to see a funny, and I've, like I said, fucked around myself with ChatGPT quite a bit. I've yet to see anything really Funny. If it is funny, it's unintentional and it's not uh it's it's not you're you're the puppet master behind it. Like I had it one time. I'm gonna get your podcast kicked off the air, so okay. let's let's bravely go into this together. I had it in the early days before they put some of the more, shall we say, woke filters on it. I had it write a speech in the style of Adolf Hitler about fried chicken. It was so funny. Yes, it was so funny. Love it. it was it was because it was so nonsensical. It was like this is the food of the Aryan race. Fried chicken! See, Kyle, fried chicken! See, it was so funny. That's funny, but unintentionally, because mm. I'm the one who was creative enough to think, let's uh. let's take the world's worst, most evil dictator and put him with some arbitrary food, because it's funny, <laughs> right? So that's something that Chad G.P.T. can do, but it still starts with the human, I think, of mm-hmm. writing it down, but I, I just don't see yet... Any glimmers of, oh, that was a really clever idea, chat GPT. That Mm -hmm. was, oh, that was really witty. It's generally just, it's just good at copying and pasting previous scripts that I've written or whatever just for the format. Or, uh, you know, formulaically, one of the sketches I have up on my Instagram right now is a Uber driver. It's an Uber driver sketch with a crazy passenger. Mm -hmm. That has basically three sections to it and a crazy line at the end. That's the sketch. It's like a minute, minute and a half long, and it's joke, 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 takeaway, tag, funny line. Yeah, I could plug that into chat GPT and it could give me an attempted at a joke, mm-hmm. an attempted at a joke, and an attempted at a joke, and then a funny line. But it's not gonna be funny. Yeah. I still have to go through and do it. But it's super right. helpful in terms of just saving time yeah. on a drafts. Draft. Stuff, so yeah. yeah, I I do use chat GPT for my sketches, but only but it just doesn't it's not funny. Yeah, agreed so yeah all
0: right dude so we're coming up on 120 on here cool fucking time flies when you're having fun it, dude, dude it's been crazy lately i've been having so much fun with people and yeah. I, I I usually cap it around 45 minutes to an hour but
1: people, oh shit so well fun. thanks for thanks no, for having me course, on dude. Um, for longer than that
0: yeah, one just a as to like a conclusion here what you've been doing it for a year i've been doing it for three months what's one piece of advice you can give me to kind of just make the process maybe go a little bit faster move
1: the mic stand. no that's what they told me my first yeah, time dude, ever doing right oh because it's funny you just don't think about moving no, the damn mic stand you when you're up there the first open mic or yeah. two and then afterwards like oh shit that looks terrible and then it, you move it and you're good but so what's your question is what would you repeat it i rudely made a joke right in fine. the middle of your uh your...
0: basically just what would be your piece of advice that you could get could have given yourself three months in
1: basically a fucking sick wall like this dude <laughs> I am going to find how to do this in my room. What's a good piece of advice I could give you? Talk to every comedian after the show, mm. even if they're famous. Network, trade Instagrams with everybody who you who seems like. Sometimes people just genuinely despise networking, and they're very anti-social. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in the open mic scene, that that is the case. Not really when you go to actual shows. Don't worry about those people, they're doing their own thing, but right. the people who seem friendly or who you want to connect with later, make sure you're, and you're already doing that. Connect with them, but particularly after you start doing shows, get just ask as many questions to really good comedians as you can and and just the, the main piece away, the main like tagline, just talk and hang out with comedians after the shows. Very important. All right, dude.
0: Well, bro, I appreciate you. Let's let the people know where they can find you on these socials. Oh
1: shit! Uh, I was looking at because I got my shows coming up. Um, it's the Parker Dean everywhere. T H E okay. Parker Dean everywhere. Instagram, uh, Instagram. Tw- uh, does it say Twitter? It's X now. No, I'm not even. I don't even use fucking Twitter. Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. That's where I'm at.
0: Cool, brother. That's well, where I'm at. I appreciate you taking the time to come out here today, Thanks. dude. Uh, and again, nice thank- watch. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it yeah retro you know hell yeah man um but yeah thank you everybody for watching i appreciate you and thank you parker appreciate you
1: the wef won't find you now with that you're off the grid bro i'm off the grid dude they'll never find me come
0: at me bro bring an army